Welcome back to another episode of Pocket Pods. For those of you who haven't heard this show yet, the Pocket Pods is an offshoot of the Behind the Scenes series, where my sister Rachel and I make pocket-sized podcasts that fit seamlessly into your everyday lives. In this Pocket Podcast, we're going to be talking about what holiday heart is in the setting of the recent Super Bowl, um, and we're going to be talking through it with my little sister Rachel. Rachel, how's it going today? Good. I'm excited for this one. I just found out about it five minutes ago, uh, so I'm ready to learn a lot from it. Tell me everything you've learned in your five-minute search about Holiday Heart. So basically, according to Google, uh, Holiday Heart is when uh, these patients kind of tend to overindulge in maybe salty foods or alcohol, and they end up with atrial arrhythmias or any kind of heart issue. And uh, I guess hospitals tend to see a spike in the number of patients uh, coming with, in with these problems during the holiday season or like major events like the Super Bowl. Um, so that's what Holiday Heart is. <laughs> Exactly. So it really boils down to, so if you break down the phrase holiday heart, holiday meaning it usually happens around the holidays, like you're mentioning, cold weather plays an impact on it. Um, The food, like you mentioned, salty, fatty foods, drinking is a big one. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. alcohol or caffeine. Uh, Those are all big factors. And then heart, obviously, it's going to impact the heart. So like you said, atrial rhythms, The biggest reasons patients will even present to the hospital is with signs and symptoms of heart failure or even potentially a heart attack. Mm. So nice. Seems like Google's really uh, helped you out. (laughs) My five minute Google search. I think the main thing we can hit on right now is the prevention methods. I mean, if most of this is caused by drinking alcohol and having a high amount of salty foods, maybe decrease your alcohol intake drink some water, um, decrease, you know, try to pick more healthy food options, like these simple diet modifications you can have. Um, and also, like you said, sometimes cold weather can cause it or maybe your environment. So controlling your stress. I know sometimes holidays can be very stressful for some families um, or maybe even watching the Super Bowl can be very stressful for some people if you're very into football. Um, so finding ways to control that stress is very important. And, you know, wearing a warm coat when you're outside cold weather especially in the northeast yeah it's funny one of the things about the cold weather that actually triggers a lot of these heart attacks is people will go out there'll be a snowstorm they'll go out and shovel their snow and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden people will just start having chest pain and that'll be sort of their onset of heart attacks Uh, Mm -hmm. so it's the exerting themselves in these cold conditions too that can lead to really detrimental situations I, now we can get into the treatments. I mean, um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some holiday heart in the hospital. So what's the first line of treatment for this condition? So I think like some of the things you were saying with prevention, just being aware mm-hmm. of it um, can really help even getting to this point. Uh, but then once patients come into the hospital with holiday heart, you want to figure out what the underlying problem is with them. Um, so anyone who comes into the hospital with some sort of cardiac problem will definitely get an EKG and will most likely have blood drawn from them. So the EKG will tell us what type of underlying rhythm the patient is in. So if they have some sort of atrial rhythm um, or an atrial tachycardia, that would be like atrial fibrillation, um, atrial flutter, uh, you would pick that up on an EKG pretty much. And Mm -hmm. so the problem with that is you're not as efficiently having blood flow through your heart like it normally would. 
Um, so if you're looking at your heart, there's sort of two sides of your heart, right? A left side mm -hmm. and a right side. And then either side has an atrium and a ventricle. And the ventricle is probably the biggest muscular part of your heart that squeezes blood forward. And the atria is what allows blood to fill the ventricle. So if the atria is basically fluttering like this, but your ventricle is only going like every few times in between that, you're basically inefficiently moving blood forward and yeah. that could cause blood to back up. And anytime we have blood backing up within the heart, that's what we consider heart failure. Okay. Um, so then if you, if you start to treat heart failure, then you're talking about diuretics. So medications that make patients pee out some of that fluid more, um, medications to help the heart contract harder. Uh, those are typically your first lines of treatment for heart failure. Mm -hmm. And how would someone know to go into the hospital for these conditions? I mean, like, I know the symptoms can range from like moderate to severe. So what mm -hmm. would be the case where someone should come into the hospital? Yeah. So like you said, some of them can be really vague um, mm -hmm. and almost be able to just ignore it completely. Um, so in terms of like the arrhythmias, some of it just might feel like a skipped beat um, or like an irregular heartbeat, which when you're anxious might be hard to differentiate from just your baseline anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, but other serious signs um, where you definitely want to call 911 or have a family member take you in would be new shortness of breath. So that mm -hmm. could be fluid backing up into your lungs, um, any sort of chest pain or chest pressure. Jaw pain is commonly associated with someone having a heart attack. One thing to keep in mind is that women don't particularly present with the normal chest pain signs. Um, they're more likely to get stomach pains or arm pain or jaw pain, what we call nonspecific cardiac signs. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind if you're a female. Um, if you're thinking about it more gradually over time, weight gain is very common for patients who are having heart failure. So increased swelling in their ankles, all of this accumulation of fluid creates that weight gain. Um, so patients who have had this happen before will commonly weigh themselves. And mm -hmm. the, the hospital or doctors at the hospital will basically ask you, like, what is your baseline weight and what do you weigh today? And then when they're diuresing you or getting you to pee out this fluid, ultimately they will weigh you every morning and try and get you back to your baseline weight. So that that's just one factor to know that your heart is back to functioning where it used to. Is there anything else you would want to share with the uh, with the audience? I mean, this is a pretty concise topic. I mean, it's pretty easy to learn about, uh, easy to prevent, uh, look out for. So what else should they know? Yeah, I think actually one thing that's been really encouraging in this generation of people and advertisements um, is that our generation has done a good job at moving away from smoking. We mm -hmm. sort of replaced it with vapes. Um as more of like a socially accepted way of smoking. But even that, like, I don't see many people in my age, and I guess that's part of the reason people vape is because they can hide it. Um, but I don't really see many people smoking as much. So I think that reduces the risk of any cardiac disease. Um, but even drinking, like, I feel like there's a big push in people trying to avoid alcohol as just a way to socialize. And people are thinking of, especially at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. um, which is when Super Bowl and the holidays happen, uh, people are more cognizant of how can I live my life in a healthier, cleaner way. Um, alcohol is a really easy way to cut um, something toxic out of your body. It's also a mm -hmm. great way to save money. Um, so you get a double bang yeah. for your buck that way. <laughs> 
So developing those easy lifestyles are great. Um, and I say the third prong of um, my advice would be just exercise daily, even if it means going out for a walk outside, um, doing some stretching, just something to get your body moving. All it takes is for you to incorporate 30 minutes into your everyday routine. And then over time, you can push yourself to do harder and harder things. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think people will develop a sense of pride from working out and living a healthy lifestyle. You know, what's funny is I've seen this big push too towards drinking less alcohol and there have been a lot of mocktail bars coming up in New York City. Our sister just sent me Absolutely. one that she wants to go to in Brooklyn. <laughs> so it's been a big thing recently. It's it's really good. Everyone's uh, really focusing on living a healthier lifestyle, which is important. It is. It is really important. Mm -hmm. Nice. Oh, cool. What did you take away? What did you take away from this? Well, last night I ate a lot of buffalo chicken dip, but I think I was able to hold myself back enough. And today I'm drinking a lot of water, but I do. Hey, you're also, you're also going to a spin class later today. So, so you're balancing it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all about balance in life. <laughs> exactly. Don't, um, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll go on, I'll go on a long run and then crush a bunch of salty, fatty food later in the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, so I'm not, like... I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at it, but I do my best to create some sort of balance. Oh, yeah, that's important. Um, but yeah, I guess I did know in some way that there is a spike in uh, admitted patients into a hospital during the holiday season. But this was interesting knowing that this is like kind of a specific reason why. Um, so it's fun to learn. Yeah, keep keep an eye on it. I'd be curious to see like what you start to notice now that you're aware of it. Yeah. Um, I've worked probably we're probably getting out of the season now, but like as the next holiday season comes around and you're a staff nurse, it'll be interesting to touch base again. What did you take away? <laughs> um, I think I took away that even when we when we think we're doing a good job with balance in our lives, we could always be better. Uh, because I definitely was indulging in salty and fatty foods and alcoholic so beverages though. over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and could have done a better job food. so tasty could have done a better job that maybe eating in moderation and drinking more water one of the ways i can actually tell i'm dehydrated is when my lips get cracked and that's like a big way for me to like realize i need to start drinking more water mm. um, so recognizing things like that i think is also very important yeah. Yeah. all right well this is cool. a good episode absolutely all right, Rachel, it's good chatting with you. Yeah, you too. All right, talk to you later.